The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to this episode of Pit Life Barbecue. Gather around the pit with your hosts, Johnny Mags, Messy Mike, and Crawdaddy Chris. Let's talk barbecue. What's up, everybody? Coming to you live from the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. It's the it's the Pit Life Barbecue Show, pit where life. we talk, where we talk everything barbecue and a lot of other topics that you would normally talk around the pit. As always, today I'm joined by Crawdaddy Chris. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. And our good friend at the very end, Messy Mike. Hello, guys. So, guys, pulled pork, Boston butts, Boston butts. Pork butts. Picnic shoulders. Picnic shoulders. Carnitas. Carnitas. We're getting international here. Yes, we are. All right, all right. (laughs) Got to help. So. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So what'd you do this weekend first? What I do. Did you smoke anything? What'd you smoke? I smoked a cigar. Beautiful. Beautiful. It was a pretty laid back weekend. Nice. You know, trying to get a couple of the pages set up, a little bit more of a... some social media presence for for all of us. Got mm-hmm. an email. Got a domain name. Nice. So we're uh, we're, we're, we're getting there. Along. So yes, I didn't have time to jump into the smoker. I just stuck with the, the cigar. cigars. Sweet. How about you? Um, yeah, I did. Uh, well, this weekend, past weekend, I did some pigs. So yeah, I did a lot of pork. Um, a couple pork butts today. I smoked, and um, you know. They came out delicious. Not the 21 pork butts like you did a couple weeks ago. No, no. not the 21. <laughs> not the 21. <laughs> Took it easy. Oh, yeah. So uh, when uh, we're doing pork shoulders or pork butts or whatever, what's your what's your go-to rub when if you're going to make it up yourself? If I'm going to make it out myself, I found a very simple rub. It is consists of one cup of light brown sugar. That's right. Grab a pen. I'm giving this to you for nothing. <laughs> Zip zero nada. Award on the winning rub. Award winning rub that hasn't won a damn award. <laughs> One cup of light brown sugar. Two tablespoons of chili powder. Two tablespoons of mustard powder. Two tablespoons of onion powder. Two tablespoons of garlic powder. Two tablespoons kosher salt. Two tablespoons of black pepper. Two teaspoons of cayenne pepper. Got to add the little, yeah. little kick at the end. A little of fire. It. Correct. And you want to make sure those ones aren't tablespoons. Teaspoons. Teaspoons Correct. on the cayenne pepper. Burning your face off. <laughs> but yeah, I had found that um, a couple years ago when I first started. It's a nice, simple rub. If you do any form of cooking in general, you're going to have. 80% of these in your cabinets, so you don't really have to run out to right. too much. You might have to run out for the, um, the mustard powder, but everything else you pretty much would probably have in your spice cabinet. In your spice cabinet, <clears throat> spice rack. Yeah, and there's plenty, there's plenty of different uh, barbecue companies that sell their own rub online you can find, so oh, yeah. if you guys Google them, you're going to find them. You'll find, yep, you'll find a lot. And, you know, that's just a simple one, and you... 
you can tweak it your own. You know, make it your own, just like you yep. did, start, like you had said first episode, which is sauce. You start with a base and just go from there. Go from there. Yep. So, so now that we got a little rub going on, rub that puppy down, and you're gonna put, you're gonna have the smoker hot. What I temp- love when he talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> what temperature are we cooking at here? I mean, um, what do you? you really depends on how much time you have. Um, you know, you typically want to keep the smoker between 225 and 250. Um, I like to go like 225, 230. But again, if you know, sometimes if I'm at an event and I get there a little later than expected, then I'm shooting for 250, you know, and maybe even, you know, 260 range. Um, and then I'll lower the, the temp to like 225, 230 after a couple hours. Um, but you know, that's me. I know some guys that do, you know, 275. Um, and I know guys that do, you know, 215, 220. And, w- and once again, the internal temperature game comes into play where as long as you get to 165 and you're wrapping it up and then you're pushing it to 200 plus. You're good to you're go. You're good to go. Good to go. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I'm in the 225 to 250 range on my Yeah, I'm always right around picks. that 250 range myself. You know, anything over that, mm, I get a little worried. What's your wood preference? What preference? 250. Wood preference. Oh, wood preference? <laughs> apple. Apple, okay. Apple hickory, right here. Apple, apple. Apple, <laughs> apple. So now, I don't know if I missed it while I was, you know, taking notes and the like, but um, as far as the rub, you put that on, do you want to, how long do you want to let it sit? Does it matter? Does it help? Before the rub, um, and this is optional, but um, I've actually, you know, learned, um, you know, through the years, that just take a basic yellow mustard and binder, squirt it on it, and you know some people say it all it acts as the glue, but it also acts as a tenderizer because of the the vinegar the and, and the um, mustard. So you know, get that all slathered in mustard. Um, it, it doesn't really matter, you know, how much you use. Just don't go go crazy with it. You won't taste it in the end. I feel I feel like uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the mustard cr- helps it create a bark. Yes, because I've, I've done it both ways. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's a nice get, bark, nice crust right. to it. Yeah, you get a little more crisp. Yep, and that's because the mustard holds the the rub on instead of just doing it on a bare, you know, bare piece of meat, and then you're moving it around and your rub's falling off. So you want to get as you know, you want to get a nice coating of rub on, you know, on all sides of the pork. But I usually don't do the bottom because it's all fat, the fat cap, and. Most of the time when I'm taking it off the smoker, I'm removing that before I serve it anyway. That needs love, too, though, man. It does. It does. But love too. sometimes it's just I don't want to waste the rub. <laughs> now, do you follow the same rule, fat cap down, fat cap up on um, pork butt? Pork butts, I do fat cap down. Chris, I'm same a, rule, closest to the fire? I usually put fat cap down, but then when I wrap, I'll, I'll flip it. Flip it over. Let it melt. Fat on down. top. Yeah. So, I mean... Now we got the smoke, uh, the pork butts or pork shoulders rubbed down. We got them on the smoker, two twenty-five, two fifty. What are you guys spritzing them with? People use a lot of different things. I'm simple, basic. I just use uh, apple cider vinegar or a mix of apple cider vinegar and, ap- and apple juice. Keeping it simple. Yeah, I usually do the same thing. I did try one thing one time that I got off a website or a Facebook or something like that, but uh, Dr Pepper. Spritzed pork butt. Have you guys heard of that? No, nope. I have. It, it sounds amazing, and it was amazing. So, well, some people use root beer too. Root beer. So, like, yeah. you know, when you're doing a crock pot, you know, back many moons ago, when I was doing pork butts and crock 
crock pots. Um, I basically just Wait, put. You did that? Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I do, you know, root beer, pork butt in there, rubbed all, you know, put the root beer in there, let it cook. Once it's done cooking, um, then kind of drain the root beer out. Then put pull it, put your sauce in, and that was a fan favorite for a long time. How was your turnout with your? Uh, would you use Dr Pepper too? I used Dr Pepper too because I had actually Sweet, right? seen it on one of your posts, and it, everyone was focused on what you the picture you had on the pit. But I noticed the little ball spritz bottle. Uh, yeah, you on did. There, you did call. You did text me or ask me. Little dark in color. <laughs> so I had messaged you, and you know. What is, what are you spritzing with? Oh, you caught that. (laughs) Well, I pay attention, my friend. I was looking for something because my wife is not a huge fan of the apple juice, that that flavor. Mm -hmm. So I need to come up with something. So I took your idea of... My, I can't take credit for the it. The Dr. Pepper. But I also saw the Dr. Pepper by a friend of ours on Facebook and a member of the North Texas Barbecue Addicts, Big Big Kano, Chris Big Kano. Kano. Shout out to North Texas Barbecue Addicts. And, uh, he loves the Dr. Pepper. So that's what I did. I came up with a little concoction of Dr. Pepper, brown sugar, and a little bit of barbecue sauce. Mix it all in. And sometimes I can get it thin enough that it works on the spray bottle for the spritz. Sometimes it just will clog up. So I went out and I bought one of the the slathering mops that you use on whole hog. Mm -hmm. You know, it works for me. A little bit more work, but it's all right. But, yeah, I love the Dr. Pepper. It's pretty good. Sweet. You get a nice sweet flavor. It has a nice little something to it. Nice. I, a weird one I tried one time, and it it actually was pretty good. But uh, pineapple juice, totally different flavor. Oh, a little Hawaiian, a little Hawaiian, a little Hawaiian action. Little you never pineapple and pork go. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. So that was pretty good. Might want to give that a whirl. Right. And you can use. I mean, you can use basically whatever you have. Um, you know, to spritz with. A lot of people. Some people use beer. You know, guilty. <laughs> yep. I guess you could go Cuban with like some mojo or something. You know, that's orange juice, lime. Yeah. And there we cum- go. Cumin and oregano. Ooh, might be on. That sounds there. delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're trying to start with pulled pork. So we are starting with the pork shoulder, also known as the picnic, picnic ham, blade roast, or the Boston butt. How did it get to the Boston butt? Well, I know you know, we, but I'll give you—I'll give you a myth that we, I've heard. We've—we have—we have two different stories here. Well, these are this is coming from um, some friends in Chicago um, who've been in the butcher business for a long time, and I don't know if it's just them being from Chicago, but they basically said to me that um, you know how Boston butt got its name is because. Them being from Chicago and they're, you know, shipping all the butts to Boston, then, you know, they just basically said, ah, Boston, you know, Boston butts, Boston ass, you know, whatever. Um, And so it's kind of like a slang term used like, you know, basically like Yankees, Red Sox type deal, you know, Um, and that's how, that's what I always thought it really was. Um, But you're going to give us the real Well, I'll I'll tell you right now, I grew up in 
in right outside Dallas, Texas, and I have never heard of a Boston butt until I moved up here. Are you serious? Never heard of the Boston butt. That's, I mean, and I was I was I moved up here at nineteen, so I wasn't really big in the barbecue game, so I wasn't searching for that title, but mm-hmm. I just had never heard it. I've heard of pulled pork, pork butts, pork shoulders. But and it had, had no relation to mass hole. No. Okay. Not, not to you mass hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, from the one I had found, it was goes back to pre-revolutionary war times. The butchers in, in the Boston area would have these extra cuts of pork cuts that weren't highly valued like the loin or the ham. The shitty cuts. So we'd have the what you would call the shitty cuts. So they're not too high-valued, which also stems how you got the phrase high on the hog. The high on the hog would be the valuable points, the ham, the loin. Mm -hmm. So the butchers would take, pack those lower-level, lower-valued pieces and pack them into casks or wooden barrels. No, in the barrels were at that time known as butts. So for store, they'd pack them in there for storage and shipping. Hence, the Boston butt. Huh? That sounds a lot better than my myth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yours is a lesson to today. Mine's fun. Into it. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't want to get away from the history of it, but it sounds like you covered it. But um, well, the whole history is pretty much done. <laughs> so. I mean, we got the we got them on. We're talking about spritzing. I usually keep mine shut for at least an hour before I hit the first spritz. You guys, preference and and intervals in between spritzing. I'll usually do, um, I'll usually do like two hours. I'll probably hit it the first hour and then every two hours after that. Um, but other than that, I mean, it, it also depends on what smoker I'm using. If I'm using my offset smoker, right. then I'm going to spritz it. Um, if I'm using the the old hickory, then I'm just going to let it go and check on it tomorrow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and. I mean, I've had some long cooks with some pork butts. I'm sure we all have. Um, one way you guys can, if you're listening and you don't know, one way you can cut down on the time is smaller pork butts. Yep. Smaller pork shoulders. Yep. Get Instead of buying one big one, buy two. You can feed your family by five <laughs> just by starting in the morning. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the av- yeah, the average, <laughs> you know, the average butt is approximately um, five to nine pounds. You know, so if you do want to cut the cooking time, then, you know, go towards the five pound or whatever. Um, and, yeah. But Now, do you have, go into any... Um, and I don't use... Um, I won't use shoulder to do pork, um, pulled pork, only because I don't like taking the skin off. Because the shoulders come with that, you know, yeah. the actual pig skin on So you buy the, the whole... When you buy the whole shoulder... Very good. Now, obviously, we kind of jumped ahead a little bit because we're already on the, it's already on the pit. But the trimming of any excess bone, you need to be careful of in the process. Right. Just rub your hand across, see if you catch anything. If you get stuck with anything, just trim that off. Make sure that's out of the way because that can turn ugly real quick. What are you using a hacksaw? Shop knives, baby. That's <laughs> all right. You know, you know me and Mike. I need new knives then. I gotta, yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta have my gimmicks. You know, I buy every little gimmick. Guilty as charged, but you got a couple laughs out of me on that stuff. <laughs> all my little toys and gadgets. So we're on. We have 
on for a few hours. We are now approaching our the, fifth beer. Our fifth <laughs> beer, and which would approximately bring you to 165 degrees. To wrap or not to wrap, once again, is the question. Um, my opinion on pork butts always wrap. I don't think I've ever done a pork butt without wrapping. Um, and wrap, I wrap at 165. I don't know. And I, I've used foil. A lot of, I've heard people using butcher paper. I don't know. But I've only used foil. How about yourself? Um, I wrap. Um, and I, I use uh, saran wrap or plastic wrap first. Wrap it. And then I'll use um, tin foil. And I'll double the tin foil just to keep it insulated. But I use the saran wrap just so the juices stay in. And, um, you know, nothing leaks out. Plus, when you're taking it out of the pit, it helps with the mess, you know, with all the grease and stuff. And like you that. don't have a problem with that saran wrap? Nope. If it's inside the tinfoil? No, I know. I've helped you before, and I've doesn't. seen you do that. But I... Yep. You just got to make sure when you're wrapping it, you know, if there is, like, the bone or whatever, um, or the bark, sometimes it'll <laughs> cut into the saran wrap, so you'll have holes. So just, you know, loosely wrap it, and then wrap it in um, two layers of tinfoil, and then throw it back on. Nice. And then I'll temp it, you know, wait for it, have a couple more beers. Um, <laughs> and then I'll temp it, you know, it gets to like 195. Um, I'll pull it off the smoker and, you know, let it rest for a little bit. You don't hit the two. Uh, my magic number has always been 203. That's what I was told. Stuck with it. When I usually when I'm doing them, um, you know, I'll throw it in a cooler or I'll throw it in a Cambro. So once it's in a Cambro, it's still going to continue the cooking process. So, you know, and it's, it's not long. Um, and then. From there, once I pull it out of there, you know, once the bone pulls right out of it, that's how I know it's perfect. So now, from wrap to finish time, how much time is that? You know, I know it's not precise, but approximately how long am I? Um, I just, I put on pork butts last night um, at 7 o'clock at 2.25, and they were done at 8 o'clock this morning. So... Mm. So thirteen hours, approximately. Approximately thirteen so, hours. So so it's staying wrapped until it's done. Then, um, the one that I did last night, um, I did not wrap it until this morning. Okay. When I came in this, when I came out this morning, it was at uh, six o'clock this morning. It was at about one sixty, one sixty-five. Um, that's when I wrapped it and then threw it back on and just kept every hour. I just checked the temp. Here's the reason I ask. If I get to the point where I'm wrapping it, and now I realize, oh, I don't have time to, you know, watch the fire, fire management, could I just throw it in the oven at that point in the house? I mean, what's the difference going to be if it's wrapped? Once a cheater, always a cheater. No. <laughs> you can. Yeah, um, but, but it's that, considered cheating? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would say I would, I would say so in my opinion. But I mean, hey. once it's wrapped, your smoker's acting like an oven anyway. Right. Um, but I've actually I've done that. Um, you know, in the past, and for some reason, your texture just kind of changes a little bit in putting it in the oven. I don't know why, um, but to me, I'll, I just don't do it. I actually, I had a brilliant idea. I'm going to do a pork butt Saturday morning. I get up bright and early. It was probably like 4:30 in the morning. Light the pit, rub the butt down, throw it on the smoker. Come nine o'clock, my wife was like, "Hey, let's go do this for the day." And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like a good idea." It turned out to be a nice day, and I was like, oh. "It's already got some good smoke on it." So we lit off the crock pot, and I've cheated too. So <laughs> no, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Yeah, I mean, and it came out good. So, but does it taste as good knowing you cheated? 
I don't know. Uh, no, I can I can say no. The hard work definitely pays off of of the of watching it and uh that's the fun part. Yeah, I agree. But as far as you mentioned you take them off at 195. I take mine off 203, whatever. But you put yours in a Cambro. Mhm. I know a lot of people don't know what a Cambro is because I didn't know what one is until I started helping you. <clears throat> Cambro is a food transport. Um, it keeps food hot or cold for roughly, you know, four hours. Um, and it just, it, it holds the metal aluminum trays, whether they're half trays, full trays. It's basically a cooler, but for, for aluminum trays and catering. Yeah. So like a hot box. Yeah. Exactly. And I've always used a cooler. Wrap it in a towel, put it in a cooler. And honestly, if you wrap it in a towel, put it in a cooler... You're going to keep it at its temperature within two or three degrees probably for like 10 hours. Yeah, if it's a Yeti. If it's a good cooler. <laughs> Advertisement. Oh, hey, listen, I swear by the every single Yeti product. I agree. I, agree. I know. I've, I've been called the jerk. I've been called a fool, ass, anything else that goes along with it. A cooler is not worth $300. Yes, it Yes, is. they are. I, I, I yes, totally agree, but are. I guess I'm the... I'm the cheapskate. I let him buy the coolers, and I buy the Coleman. He gives me the sticker, so okay. I give him the Yeti stickers to so put, on. put it on. Put it on my cooler. <laughs> with every product. Yeah, yeah yes. I have them. So all. it sounds like coolers the way to go. If somebody says to me, "Okay, can you bring brisket to my party?" Exactly. Oh, all day long. I just got a plan to make sure I have enough time for the brisket to get done, and then I can put it in the cooler if it's a couple, few hours. It's yeah, you no got a good, deal. you want it seven to ten hour window, something like that. Yeah, and like the brisket you want in the cooler for at least an hour, hmm. you know, and then right. anything after that is bonus. Yeah, minimum rest times. Yeah, you don't want to, a lot of people, I did it when I first started smoking, but you don't want to take your food off right away and just start hacking into it, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the... Uh, benefits of letting it rest is it's wrapped up in that foil and it's wrapped up in the saran wrap like you do it um but it let it allows that meat to just suck all them juices back in while it's sitting there nice and hot so as it's cooling exactly you're not you're not going to cut into a piece of steak right off the grill thing is that so you know same idea which is one of the hottest things to do because we've been waiting, waiting patience all day long <laughs> to get it to the perfect temperature, <laughs> to get to the perfect doneness. you got to have those and little then, test pieces. Oh, yeah. We ready? No, we have to wait. <laughs> what do you mean you have to wait? Oh, it's got to rest. Yeah. So, but hey, that's why it's a labor of love. That's right. Exactly. You know. Yep. Now, does this have a bone in it? <clears throat> So when um, I'm all done and I'm pulling the pork, or what's the methodology so pork, for it? You can do, you can do boneless. Um, you know, I always prefer bone in just because um, one, it I think personally it cooks um, cooks faster um, just because it cooks from the inside out and more even a little more flavor. Um, Basically, you know when a pork butt is done or a pulled pork is done when you can just take that bone and you go, boop, and it slides right out. Yeah. And there's no, you know, no remnants of meat on it whatsoever. That's when your pork pork is done. And then yeah. you just pull it um, and, you know, you can sauce it yep. when you pull it or, you know, choose not to sauce it. Some people just do a, a vinegar spritz on it just to keep it a little moist. Some people put a, an after rub on it, um, you know, so th- you can do whatever you want, you know, but... 
that's the basics now, of pulled pork. John's no. already the gadget guy. Do you have something special you use? For oh, do you have the claws? The have the, yeah. I bought the claws. Yeah, yeah I, I knew you did. I bought the yeah. claws, an eBay special, three bucks, coming from China. Took a month, but whatever. Nice. I got a claws. <laughs> yeah, yeah, See, yeah. It didn't take me long to realize he's the gadget guy. Yeah. He's buy, buy <laughs> oh, I got to play with everything. I just fidget around all day long. A lot of people have those claws. And I, it, I just usually pull it by hand. But Another um, on the gadget kind of idea um usually you know when you're pulling pork or even you know handling brisket or whatever easy easy. this is a barbecue show thank you sorry (laughs) um you know your your food gloves but sometimes the meat still is you know hot and you're pulling you're like ah shit ah it's hot um go to a hardware store a paint store and just buy cotton gloves a white cotton glove um they usually come in like 12 packs for you know a couple bucks and then throw your food glove right on top of that and now it's now it's your heat gloves so now you can handle it and you don't have to get the rubber silicone gloves and washing them and yeah. the inside that gets is, all shitty because it's you know you it's know got, something that is a nice you trick. need to be quiet you're giving all my goddamn secrets away <laughs> i have them the bright orange with the nubs i can touch anything just pull it right off i think my, bro- uh, my brother-in-law kevin has the same yeah. ones yeah because it's so difficult to find the cooking gloves the rain silicone gloves to fit these. Oh, yeah. And not only... Yeah, uh, I don't have that problem. When you do find them, you're dropping a dollar on oh, them. Oh, yes. They're not, they're not cheap. Mm-hmm. So I thought that purchase of the the heavy-duty rubber gloves... Reusable. well worth it. Reusable. Tuck them right in the drawer with my other gadgets. Nice. Any comment? Nope. Okay. <laughs> nope. Just giving you the open window. Nope. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. So still to come. <laughs> Exactly. Which this is the beauty of barbecue. You sit around with your buddies, you joke back and forth, and you get some laughs out of it. Don't take life too serious. That's right. And make it your own. You know, make whatever you're cooking your own. I I mean, all the barbecue friends I have, they're great at barbecue, and there's no right, there's no wrong way to barbecue. Nope. Everyone's always looking for another tip or a way somebody did something. So Correct. And depending if, on what part of the country you're in. Pulled pork is going to be different in, you know, Memphis compared to Texas compared to here, you know. So it just depends on what part of the country and, you know, your traditions as well. Yeah, if you if you guys are watching this Facebook Live or whatever on our page, put on there how you've done your pork butts. Show us some tips and uh, share with us how you get it done. Yeah, we'd like to see some pictures. Definitely show us some pictures. Yeah, I actually already warned Mike of about Sunday, our rib competition at the Smutty Nose. I said to him, if I happen to get, like, scary, quiet, don't worry about it. I'm watching you like a hawk, <laughs> trying to pick up more techniques, more tricks, because that's what you got to do. Yeah, nobody's never, a master. No one taught me how to cook. My mother never taught me how to cook, per se. I learned, but people ask, how'd you learn how to cook? I always say my mother. I sat there and I watched you know, I'm dyslexic, so the trying to understand on paper doesn't work for me. I need to sit there and physically watch you do it. Once I get that, then I can go, okay, I got that, bang, 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 and you just got used to it. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, if I'm quiet, don't worry, there ain't nothing wrong with me. <laughs> no, I'm and Chris, Chris knows, I mean, it should be a- he'll, he'll tell you, just... Sometimes get the hell out of the way too. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah this this should be a fun thing this weekend. This smutty nose brewery, brewery uh, yeah cook off. Got the ribs going. We're 
we're out for blood. Bringing home the trophy. Hope so. We'll see. <laughs> we'll bring it. We'll see. Well, you already grabbed a case for, a case of ribs, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I'll grab. Now this. you had said that they're competition ribs. So, all right. Um, there's different, you know, Smithfield, um, Hatfield, I believe. Um, you know, Compart Duroc, like competition ribs. If you're doing a big competition, KCBS, you know, MBN, you're most likely going to be getting Compart Duroc products. Um, it's a, it's basically like the Wagyu of pork. You know, um, they're they're fed differently, they're they're raised differently, and the flavor is just out of this world. You don't have to do anything to it, and it's going to be amazing. But obviously, when you're doing competitions, you're going to inject it. You're going to do whatever you possibly can to this, you know, pork. Um, but with your ribs, you know, like Smithfield is a is a good rib for competitions. You know, people like them, but you want your your ribs to be uniform. So you want a nice straight rack. You know, you're going to trim whatever you can to make that rack look perfect. You don't want a crooked rack. You don't want any crooked bones. You want everything to be uniform because that's what you're going to take. You're going to take, you know, the heart of the rib, you know, the center, couple bones, um, and that's what you're going to turn in. This competition happens see. to just be a full rack, so I really yeah. have no is it gonna, clue what's is it going be on. Cut? Is it going to be the whole I don't, we'll we see. Don't no know. idea. We're going to have to wait for the, uh, Live and for, learn. The, for the cook's meeting to see what they actually want. Because yeah. by the sounds of it, from what you received information the other day from them, they just said it's going to be a rack. So yeah. no turn-in box. No. I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be a turn-in box. Um, Some sort. There's got to be. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm assuming that it's going to be cut. And then you're going to put them in the box, but it has to be a full rack of ribs. But again, they could just want, here you go, cut it, and then hand it to them. But I have no idea, but again, we'll learn. We'll find out. All right. Well, that's it for this week. We'd like to thank you all for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions or comments to pitlifebbqpodcast at gmail.com. On social media, you can find us on YouTube and Facebook at Pit Life Barbecue Podcast. You can, if you can't catch us live, find us on iTunes and other podcast carriers. If you're enjoying the show, please like, subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. If you're enjoying the show, let us know. Let us know for sure. Until next week, I'm Johnny Mags. Chris Crawford, Eddie Crawford. <laughs> I'm Messy Mike. Keep the smoke rolling. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.